It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. <laughs> Broadcasting live this morning. From the Pike Nursery in Cumming, Georgia. Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery is here with me. We're Lawn and Garden. We'll be here at 9 o'clock this morning. And uh, we'll be drawing at just before 9 o'clock. We'll be drawing for two things. One is a night stay at Chateau Elan. The other for the tomato planting pack. What do we call it? Tomato planting kit, I guess. It includes four, three four-inch tomatoes, a bag of vegetable soil, three tomato cages, a box of E.B. Stone vegetable soil, we're giving that away, and you must be here to win that. For the um, Chateau Elan, you do not have to be here. You can come by the Pike Nursery and coming and register for both of those prizes if you care to. We have Chick-fil-A biscuits this morning, as well as uh, coffee brought to us by the Chick-fil-A at the collection at Forsyth. Mickey Gasway, as I said, is with me this morning. We're answering questions, and I just realized that my computer has gone dead. Lorenzo Kemp, I'm sure you'll figure some way to do this, but my computer is no longer with us. So, we're going to talk for just a few minutes while we think about what we're going to do with that. If I'm not mistaken, the caller had a question about apple trees, and back at the station, if uh, you want to punch it up over there, we can do it that way. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. My name is John. How are you doing? Hey, John, we're doing great. How can we help? I just left the pike where you're at this morning. Uh, my wife won the Art Fleming question with your uh, Truth of Pursuit. Um, I've got a couple of apple trees in my backyard, and... On a uh, tip from a friend of mine a, 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 a couple of years ago, I guess, I put a uh, half bag of lime at the base of each tree in the fall. Yeah. And one of those trees had never produced. Um, but right now, that one tree that had not produced is covered up with bloom, so I'm interested to see how that's going to go for it. So your idea is just to lime your trees to make them help them to produce then? Yeah, yeah, he said he tried it on his, and he, he got more apples out of them than he could, uh, the tree could support, really. He had to prop them up with some two-by-fours. Um, and so far, it looks like it's working for me, because uh, that tree, I've, I think I've been able to get one apple out of that tree since it's been there, and that's uh, eight or so years, I guess. I'm sure that this works for peach trees because of my example I've mentioned several times before. The pathologists in Athens who used to get all the sick peach trees from Georgia, from all over the state, basically, and he would simply take the sick peach trees that he diagnosed, keep them, plant them behind the lab, and he had lots and lots of healthy peach trees after he'd lined the soil very well. So uh, I know that pH is an important factor for almost any plant. Peaches, certainly. Plums, certainly. Apples, maybe, maybe not. But, hey, if you had success with it, then I think that's something everybody needs to think about is the importance of liming the soil, John. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to get a good crop out of that tree this year. But uh, thank you. And I, like I said, I just had a comment. I didn't really have a question. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Let me, let me tell everybody that if you want to have your soil tested, the University of Georgia has a nice million-dollar laboratory, several million-dollar laboratory in Athens, and you can get details about how to do that either at your local Pike Nursery, which right. usually has the little the kits envelopes, where you get your, yeah. get your sample and put your soil in there and mail it off, 
or you can go to georgiasoiltest.com, uh, and I have a page there that tells you how to mail it in, get the little mailer, and do everything there as well. So, again, georgiasoiltest.com or your local Pike Nursery to get details on how to have your soil tested and how much lime is needed to raise the pH of the soil to make the plant happy. 404 is the number on Lawn and Garden. If you have a question about gardening this morning, like Scott in Clarksville, who joins us right now. Hey, Scott, good morning. Good morning. How can we help, Scott? Uh, I'd like to know if I aerate my yard, if you would think that weed and feed is the best way to go to to uh, get rid of weeds in your yard. What kind of grass do you have, Scott? Uh, Are you trying to have? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got your uh, oh uh, fescue. All right. So the question is, if you aerate it and put weed feed, are you going to do any seeding? You go to plant fescue this year? Uh, yes. Mm, then no. <laughs> if you're going to put seed down, I'm not going to recommend putting a weed and feed down because the weed control part of it is going to keep the seed from coming up very well of the fescue. And just as a little hint here, Scott, if you can get it done today, you'll be way ahead of the game because the rain Monday is going to be really important to help the fescue germinate. And so if you can do as much as you can to have that seed in place by Monday morning, I think you'll be way ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. No weed and feed. Other than a you know, little spot spray here and there, maybe Mickey he could get a little trigger sprayer and spot spray the chickweed yeah. and the clover yeah, and things like that. That'd be fine. But okay, other than that, okay. no, well, nothing but much. fertilizer, and you can get any of the branded turf fertilizers at Pike or Pennington or something like that. That would work fine you on the fescue. You need to do that pretty quick, too. Yeah, it needs to get that fertilized that as well. Fescue. Good point, good point. You need to fertilize fescue pretty quickly. Otherwise, late in the spring, yeah. you end up getting diseases, all sorts of diseases on fescue if you fertilize real late and in the spring. And fertilize it again in the fall. we got Ed and Dunwoody joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ed, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, we're great, Ed. How can we help? Hey, last fall we planted a very nice Chinese fringe tree out in our uh, front courtyard. And um, sure enough, when it got warm this spring, it, it bloomed early. Not not bloomed, it got leaves early. Yeah. And then that freeze came, and it looks like it's dead. Um, all the leaves, you know, shriveled up, and I, I don't see any new growth. Would, would that have been enough to kill it? It was about five foot tall it was a pretty sturdy tree wow so we're talking Petalum, the purple leaf Petalum. is that what we're talking about then it um don't know about that they they called it a chinese fringe fringe flower flower. i mean i'm thinking that's not the same as a fringe tree as a grancy graybeard that's what i'm wondering yeah we've got to figure out what you have first ed so let's give more details of what you think you have there okay it doesn't. It could be that it doesn't bloom a flower. I know that because we have one in the back backyard. Well, Laura Petalums do have flowers, but they have little well, strappy kind of spidery-looking flowers, pink flowers on them usually. Yeah. Well, it's only we've only had it one year, so it may have not bloomed that first year. The one in the backyard. Okay. I don't know All if right. you get it the very first year. Okay. So, question still. It looks like now it's not so happy. It's just a stick, no. right? No leaves, nothing on it. No, it's, the leaves were on it really nice green leaves and about an inch long spidery type yeah. leaves and then they just 
that freeze whacked it. I even covered scratch it with a blanket. Scratch the bark. Yeah, scratch the bark scratch and see bark. if it's green underneath. Yeah, that's important to just, just look and see if there's any greenery underneath the bark. If there's green underneath the bark, Laura Petla many times has enough energy to sprout out, even though it may be delayed a little bit. It'll have enough energy to sprout out and maybe surprise you about how live it is. And beyond okay. that, if you wait just a little bit longer, maybe till the middle of the month, First see if there's any sprouts in the underneath at the base of the plant, because sometimes they will die from the top. If the cold weather die, kills the top, then the bottom will sprout out too. So give it a little time and before you make a okay. final decision. Ed. Okay, when you say under the bark, look at the base of the tree, look under that bark or up on the limbs? Up on the limbs. Okay. I always start at the edge and then keep scratching yeah. as you go down. Start you can at the see where tip it's of the still branch alive. and scratch every five, ten inches, maybe just scratch here, scratch there. Just a little thumbnail, thumbnail scratch is all you have to do. Just scratch the bark just a little bit to see if there's any green underneath it. Okay, I will do that this morning. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks for calling, Ed. All right. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Bye. That's going to be my job this afternoon, Mickey, when I get home, is I have a fig tree. I have one, too, with black and, tips. And not only black <laughs> tips, but a great deal of this fig tree, I think, yeah. has gotten some freeze damage on it. And I was very surprised because some in my neighbor's house don't look like they had any damage yeah, at all. And the one in this other house looks to be pretty black pretty well far into the plant. Well, I've got two in my yard. One of them looks okay, and, the, and I think they're the same variety. I think wow. they're both brown turkeys. How so, about your blueberries? Man, I'm still waiting on blueberries. I'm still waiting to see how much damage was done. I had a lady at a talk yesterday, day before yesterday now, who said that she thought that the blueberry damage in both South, South Georgia, where the big blueberry fields are, and her little patch she had in North Georgia, she said, I don't think the damage is quite as bad mm -hmm. as may have been predicted. That yeah, mine, like I've still some. got some, some that look okay on Okay, it. good, 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 good. We're still, the judge is still out. The verdict is still out as to whether or not the fruit trees, the blueberries, the peaches, <clears throat> the apples in North Georgia, of course, as to how much damage is actually done. It's hard to tell sometimes mm -hmm. until you just wait and see if the little embryo has swollen up and started making the peach or the blueberry or whatever you have. And so uh, we're going to wait and see. We're going to see what happens. The blueberries in my backyard look pretty bedraggled, and the ones in the front yard still had little white blooms on them, so I'm hopeful for them. And I'm hopeful for my fig, too. If the fig that I go home and scratch and doesn't have any green underneath the bark, Mickey, then I may do some pruning this afternoon yeah. besides the hydrangeas and the azaleas that I'm going to get as well. It's 818 News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Yeah. 404-872-0750 is the number on lawn and garden. We're broadcasting live from the Bethelview Road coming, broad, coming Pike Nursery. Full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes. Just a reminder that the weather today is going to be perfect. 70-some-odd degrees this afternoon. Overnight lows in the low 50s. Same thing tomorrow. Rain on Monday. And don't forget, we'll be trying, we'll be covering traffic for you all weekend long as well as next week during spring break and see what the traffic does to affect Atlanta's commute. We've got phone lines coming up, 404-872-0750. One more time, we've got Lynn in Atlanta who joins us. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help? So you started to talk a little bit about it in the last segment about figs. So yeah. I, I have a fig tree that's about 30 feet tall. 
and it's all inside my deck, so I can kind of pick it at the base and pick it on top of the deck. Um, but with this hard freeze, you know, it had leaves and it had little figs. Yeah. And I figured the figs are gone. Um, sure, but, they're all gnarled up and gone, gone. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the leaves are crunchy. So I'm wondering, I mean, you mentioned I need to prune it back, but how is it a total loss? Am I going to get any leaves? They leaves come at the end of the branches well you heard what i'm doing and i think you'd be well to do the same go out and scratch the branch starting at the end and i'll go about every 12 inches probably down into the middle of my fig until i start seeing green and when the where it's brown under the bark that goes away and gets pruned out okay am i getting like is anything going to grow is it just to be twigs? Yeah, I bet that the, my fig has greenery somewhere from the tip to the base. I'm not sure quite where that's going to be discovered yet, but I'm positive that it wasn't killed. I'm sure I saw green growth actually at the base of the plant, so I know that part's not dead at all. But I okay. think that the green growth on the major branches probably will give, be enough to make new figs for the fall. It'll be figs that are born on that new growth. Okay. All right. Well. Guess that's what I'll do Fingers crossed, Lynn. Fingers crossed. Yes. A little scratching underneath the bark or on the bark to see what's underneath, and that will be what you'll what you'll do. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Lynn's place. Don't forget that if you don't get your question answered, or if you think of a question during the week, you can always go to WalterReeves.com. I post things just about every day and correct things that I think are wrong and put new posts on there of plants that I've identified and new problems that we've found out about. You can sign up there for our weekly, our biweekly newsletter that we send every couple of weeks. The last time we had a nice question from Craig who answered, who asked, why can't I put meat in my compost pile? And I gave him a whole list of answers of why you couldn't do that. And then I said, but if you really want to, here's a plan for a rat excluder that you can put in your compost pile to keep the rats out of your compost. Hopefully Craig got the information that he needed from that email that we had last week. We'll have another one coming up this next Thursday. You can follow me on Twitter, at Walter Reeves. You can follow me on Facebook, Georgia Gardener on Facebook, and I post things on there, as well as sometimes promotions for events that are coming up. And uh, what else on there? Pinterest. We have all those pictures on Pinterest. and have the weed of the week and plenty of weeds going on right now. If you need to identify them, if you have a Pinterest account, you can go on Pinterest and see my Pinterest pictures of weeds you might want to try to control right now. It's 828 at News Talk WSB, and we'll be right back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And Mickey. We're here broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery in Cumming on Bethelview Road here this morning. Mickey Gasway is with me as well. And this is the time when Mickey Gasway shines on every Saturday morning because she brings to us the Pike Pick of the Weekend. And we've been talking about the Pike Pick all morning long. What is the Pike Pick yeah, of the Weekend? Yeah, it's tomato Mickey? time. And uh, with every $25 purchase you make today, um, you get a tomato plant. 
a free tomato plant. But not only that, we're giving away a tomato planting kit here at Pike That's Nursery. That's exactly we'll right. Be, we'll be uh, giving that away at the end of today's show. It's uh, three tomato plants, some cages, some fertilizers, and soil. We'll have that as well as a Chateau Alain giveaway, too. But tomatoes all weekend long, again, gallon plant. No, just today. Just today. Just gallon today. plant with a purchase of a $20 or $25 purchase, purchase of other stuff as right. well. Classes this morning at most stores are at 830. Here we bumped that up to, I think, to 9, 9 o'clock yeah. here in uh, coming. And then there will be another tomato class today at 5 o'clock, all Pike Nursery locations. Right. And where would we go to find Pike Nursery locations in the Atlanta area? <laughs> PikeNursery.com. Thank you, Mickey. That's her always her tag out to go with that thing. And we'll go to the phones. Ann is in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ann, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Quick question. Normally when I plant my tomato seedlings, I plant with a little bit of compost, fast-acting lime, and fertilizer. This year I used um, Sure Start. Okay. Anyway, this year, for some reason, I replaced the compost with chicken manure. Too much um, composted chicken manure. So my question yeah. is, is that going to burn the seedlings? Do I need to dig them up, or can I water them heavily? Can I leave them and just take my chances? When did you plant them, and how, how, what are the numbers on the chicken manure bag? When did you plant the tomatoes, and what are the numbers? I planted the tomatoes yesterday and then realized, okay. whoa, I used way too much of the chicken manure. Okay, and the numbers, do you remember at all what the analysis of the chicken manure was? No, I don't. Sometimes, the, the reason I ask is sometimes composted chicken manure really doesn't have a lot of yeah. nitrogen in it and doesn't really have much chance of burning the roots of your tomato. Okay, Whereas good. Fresh, uncomposted yeah. chicken manure might be hot and then burn the roots pretty pretty severely. Honestly, I mean, since you just planted them yesterday, you could dig them up and, and, and distribute the soil a little bit better and the chicken manure throughout the garden and then put them back in place. That would be the safe thing to do, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I had to trench them because they were getting so leggy, and I tried uh, yeah. to dig one up yesterday and realized that I was going to cause more damage than anything. Okay, the chicken, I think, the Ann, garden the food time is, will tell. You can wait a week or so and see if there's any burning, um, burning around the edges of the tomato plant leaves. If that okay. does show up, then maybe the tomato, the uh, chicken manure was a little bit too heavy. But even then, the tomato probably will recover unless it's really, really planted in hot chicken manure, I would think. Was yeah, this no, chicken manure you got out of the bag? And the numbers are two, four, and three. Oh. Yeah. Two, four, three. So it was in a yeah, bag. Yeah. That's not much nitrogen. No. I don't think you got any problem. I think you're fine, Ann. I think the tomatoes live for another day. Okay, great. All right. Okay, thank you so much. You bet. Glad okay. to give a okay. positive answer this morning. 404, well, let's don't give the number because we got lines of people that are lit up right here trying to get in this morning. Let's go to Jenny in Cleveland, Georgia. Hey, Jenny. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Walter. Um, we have um, tea olives that were very healthy last year, and all of a sudden I'm getting white pinhead spots on them that are then turning brown. The spots are then turning brown and then getting wider and wider. And I pushed away all the um, pine straw and anything that was around the bottom of the plant thinking it wasn't getting enough water, but it's not, they're not looking good. Wow, is this all the leaves, most of the leaves, and it the whole plant turning It seems like it started around? originally at the top, but it, it almost looks like they're dusty. 
the sound you hear is the wrinkles coming up and down on my forehead, and Mickey is oh, no. concerned as well. And I thought you had the thinking, answer. What does tea olive have that would give brown spots on it? I don't know. This is a tough one. I would say this is one case, Jenny, when you need to send a picture. I need a picture to look at just to give some reference to. On my website where it says name that plant, click on that button, and there's a place you can upload pictures and give me a a chance to look at it. We'll see. All right. Now, just take a picture of the plant and then a a close one of the leaves itself. Yeah, and okay. it would be also appropriate, as Mickey said, you can take it to the local extension office in Cleveland and ask them if they have an idea. You can send them pictures, too, to get sort of double the chances of a good identification. All right, thank you. Thank you very All much. Right. I'll try that. You sure, Jenny. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Robin is down in Fayetteville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Robin, good morning. Yes, sir, good morning. We have uh, nine gardenia radicans. They're about three years old, and four of them in not consecutive just they're in an arch so one here one over there one of the next spot they get kind of yellow leaves scattered throughout not just one branch and then the branch will die and this has been going on until three of them are dead and i replant put in three more and they do it again different one all right, the wrinkles are still on my forehead and the look of concern is still on mickey's face right now thinking Gardenias, small radicans, gardenias, they have yellowing leaves naturally, but usually they don't yeah. die. They just yellow out a little bit, and then they perk back now, up the whole and spring warms up. What about tougher. drainage? Drainage yeah, there? Tougher, maybe. Maybe root rot. Maybe we're going sort of grasping at things yeah. right now to think of what could be going on a there, section Robin. section time, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, it's not the whole section. It'll, it'll be like one here and two over the next one dies. What about water then? Let's go back to root rot because yeah. Mickey mentioned that, and that's a possibility. Is there any chance this is a poorly drained spot where water accumulates or where the plant has been in place for eight years and the soil sort of compacted around it or anything that's like possible. that? I don't don't know that for sure, but I can dig them up. Yeah, I think that's going to be the thing. Many times, Robin, when you have a, a problem with a plant that's just almost insoluble but seems to be one of those randomly looking diseases, for lack of a better word, digging it up or going underneath it and scratching away the soil to see what the roots look like, to see uh-huh. what the soil itself looks like and whether mm-hmm. it's too soggy, too moist, uh, sometimes bowl damage, chewing on the base of the of the shrub. There's all sorts of things that could be going on here, but nothing just jumps out and says, this is it, this is causing the gardenia to look bad. So sadly, water. Uh, I don't think water is going to be a problem at this point in time of the year. We've got <laughs> enough water in the soil. Um, still, I think it's going to be more, spring. more Sherlock Holmes than going out there to see what you can find and just see if anything jumps out. And if it does, next Saturday morning, you know who to call. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet, Robin. Thanks for calling. Right. You're welcome. And Ginger, Ginger comes to us. Ginger is in where? Roswell, Georgia. Hi, Ginger. Good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Walter. Um, Hi, Jenny. Thank you for thank you for taking my call. Uh, a couple of Saturday morning programs ago, you identified a vine from a, another country with the same climate as Georgia. Maybe from Asia. Yeah. I'm not sure. You mentioned yeah. um, the the vine grew maybe in the same latitude as Georgia. And I have a southern 
arch made of willow um, on the south side of my house, and I'm looking for a vine to put on that, something that'll grow from year to year. Could I have been talking about Asian versus American wisteria? Because that, um, that fills what your description, because yes, there are Asian and American versions, the Chinese version is very invasive, the American version is not so, and could be done on your arbor very nicely. So I think American azalea is what we're talking know, about. American wisteria. Oh, wisteria, excuse me. American, Amer- American, American wisteria, thank you. Wisteria, wisteria yeah. So that and one? The, What's the variety I'm name? Amethyst Falls. Amethyst, Amethyst Falls. Amethyst Falls is the one you'll see American. at nurseries most often. Amethyst Falls. Falls. Yeah, Amethyst Falls. Okay, very good. All right, well, I'll go looking for it. Thank All you right, very much. All right, look for it. Thanks okay. for calling. Uh-huh, bye-bye. We've got, let's see if I can get this little button. My mouse is bouncing around the screen, so it gets that one down. All right, let's go to maybe one more. We've got uh, Bob in Johns Creek who's able to join us. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Real quick, Bob. Yeah, real quick. Uh, tomato fungus I've been fighting year over year. with a local extension agent educating me on. Uh, it's the browning of the leaves from the bottom of the plant up, and they said what you have is the spores coming back. And yep. their recommendation was is don't plant tomatoes next year or any green leaves. Let the garden sit idle for one year to k- kill the spores. Is that a good recommendation? Not necessarily. No. You change out, change change out what corn, you're doing. Corn, beans, squash. Squash, cucumbers. Yes, cucumbers. That would be great there. Just, but just no tomatoes or peppers or eggplant. eggplant. Yeah. Those plants okay. are all susceptible to the same early blight that's in the soil there. But if you use plants that are not susceptible to early blight, like the corn and the beans and the squash and cucumbers, then you could plant those in the same spot a couple of years, and the hopefully the fungus in the soil will be gone. How about zucchini and squash? That's typically sure. I have tomatoes oh, yeah. zucchini yeah. and squash. Sure, they'd work fine. Yeah, the squash leaves would get brown, too, but is that a different, or yellowing, I should say. Would, yeah, would that, I think that's more likely to be something like downy mildew, powdery mildew even could be one of those two, but not southern blight, southern yeah. or early blight on the uh, tomatoes, what I was thinking you have. And I think that's better, best treated with just rotation and good mulching if you do plant tomatoes or eggplant back in that same spot. Thanks for calling there, Bob. we got to go. It's 847. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Did you? Lately, I don't know if you And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty weather today and tomorrow. Mid-70s this afternoon, mid-50s overnight. Same thing on Sunday. Rain coming on Monday. Great time to garden. And you'll be able to plant them today, maybe fertilize a little bit tomorrow, and then the rain comes in and washes it into the ground. Real quickly, we got Lamar in Athens, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. And let's get my button up here. Hey, Lamar, good morning. Good morning, Mr. V. How you doing this morning? I'm great. How can I help, Lamar? Okay. Uh, I have a plant. I, I, uh, I used to grow when I was growing up. It was uh, uh, about three feet tall. It, uh, the leaves turned burgundy during the summer, and then the fall year, uh, it turned red all the way down. We called yeah. it molding fire. Someone said, uh, 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 
a member of the Poncetta family. Wow. And the seeds are on the stalk. Is this a house plant or an outdoor no, plant? Yard so plant. Yard plant. There's a wild poinsettia that comes up that has um, green leaves and sort of a reddish one at the very top. Is that what you're talking about, Lamar? No, this has got burgundy leaves on it all summer long. And in the fall year, it starts turning red at the top and turns red all the way down. Ooh, I don't have a clue. Don't have a clue hmm. what it is, Lamar. Okay. Um, you know, you got an extension service there in Clark, in uh, Auburn that you could take your your sample to, or take a picture and send it to them and see what they think it is. But right offhand, and with the limited amount of time we have today, I don't know what it is. Okay, I appreciate you. You have All a good right. weekend. Thank you, sir. We'll see you soon, Lamar. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. And don't forget, if you need a plant identified, I have a nice little button, a little place on my website at WalterReeves.com that you can just. Click the button. It says, what is this plant? Or ID my plant. And we have a number of people who just enjoy looking at plants and figuring out what they are. And if you upload a picture of something that you don't know what it is, whether it's a weed, sometimes a bug or a disease, you can put pictures there. And then one of the experts, Bobby Wynn over in Douglasville, or, or a woman who's only known as Mrs. B, or Laura635, or one of those people who likes looking at plants and identifying them, will take care of you and tell you what that plant is. Mickey Gasway, we've had a busy Saturday morning. It's the Pike coming today. It's chilly when we got here. Fortunately, we're warming up just a little bit, and people are pouring in the front door of the nursery here. Tomato class again today, starting at 9 o'clock here, 5 o'clock every other Pike location. Tomato classes, tomatoes given away today, or tomatoes that you get a free one-gallon plant with a purchase of a $25 anything else in the garden. It's been a great Saturday morning. Thanks to Tori and Lorenzo. Thanks to Ashley and Jason. Thanks to Mickey and Walter and David for taking care of our Chick-fil-A this morning. Special shout-out to David for the Chick-fil-A. They came from the Chick-fil-A over at the Collection for Scythe. It's been a great Saturday. As I said, we'll see you next Saturday morning for another edition of, you guessed it, Lawn and Garden. <laughs>